Hello, everyone. Welcome to Gospel Tech. My name is Nathan Sutherland. Today, we are going to be talking through the conversation of what can we do instead of our unhealthy tech. This is assuming, by the way, that you've listened to a previous podcast, uh, that you understand the idea of tool and drool tech, and that you have given yourself a healthy tech reflection survey. Uh, we call it a reset. You've looked at your relationships and responsibilities, your enjoyment, your sleep, your emotions, and your time, and you know if tech does or does not negatively impact if it impedes those parts of your life. Because if you have done that and you go, man, I now know where my unhealthy tech is. I know uh, that this isn't working well for me. I've set up a hedge around my family. I've created safe boundaries. I've set up some accountability to help ensure that we're not simply tech proof, but we're tech resilient. And now I've removed this unhealthy piece. I've cut it off. I've gouged it out. And now there's just kind of this hole in my life. What do I do next? That's where today's conversation comes in. Uh, we're going to give some real practical tips to help us figure those pieces out because the goal isn't simply fixing unhealthy tech behavior. The goal is removing things that distract us from loving God well and that um, hurt our hearts and hinder our ability to see and hear God on a daily basis and replace that with things that will make us more aware of who God is and what that looks like in our daily life. So with that in mind, let's get this conversation started. Welcome to the Gospel Tech Podcast, a resource for parents who are feeling outpaced and overwhelmed as they raise children in a tech world. As an educator, parent, and tech user, I want to equip parents with the tools, resources, and confidence they need to raise kids who love God and use tech. A big thank you to everyone who has been a part of this conversation. Thank you for joining us uh, repeatedly, week after week, to talk out how can we love God and use tech. It's been an incredible encouragement to Anna and I uh, to see who is using this and to hear the stories of how Gospel Tech is helping you. Uh, if you want to reach out and ask any questions or if you want to uh, tell us about how Gospel Tech is helping you, you can do that by reaching out uh, to hello at gospeltech.net. Uh, and we would love to share some of those. I'll give you one right now. We had a mom reach out this week and who just said, hey, uh, she has two teenagers, uh, and the conversations they've been able to have about smartphones, about video games, and about the content they're having uh, has been encouraging. She noted specifically that because she can focus on the gospel and on who her kids are designed to be in Christ, uh, it no longer is, well, we're just going to fight about whether or not the smartphone is something you want. It's no, like, we love you, and this smartphone is or is not a good decision because of, insert their expectations in their family tech framework, right? And it, it moved mom from having to be the good or bad guy, the gatekeeper that I get what I want or don't get what I want because my mom does or doesn't love me, <laughs> down to, no, because my mom loves me, uh, I get or do not get this thing, right? Like mom loves me, that's now the expectation. It's no longer mom loves me is on either side of the line based on whether I get what I want or not. <laughs> um, and that was a really cool thing to hear. So I love hearing those, Anna loves hearing those uh, because um, it, man, in the world of the internet, you never quite know uh, really where, where things are landing and how it's helping. So thank you for sending those in. If you would like to, you can. Uh, thank you to those who are financially supporting us. Um, that's been an amazing season for us, and we are headed into kind of the end of our fiscal year, looking towards 2022. And uh, it's amazing to have your support. If you want to join, you can go donate at gospeltech.net, or you can uh, go to patreon.com slash gospeltech and join us there. So thank you for being a part of this journey. Today's conversation... What do we need to do instead of our unhealthy tech? Again, this is assuming you've done your reset, you've set up safety, you've got accountability, 
right? So we now know where the problem is. We've addressed it, meaning we've removed the unhealthy thing. We've cut it off. We've gouged out. We're following what Christ says, that there's nothing worth gaining if it costs us our soul. If this repeatedly, continually causes our hearts to turn away from God's best for us, either it continues to steal our time, our focus, our ability to invest in others, our ability to care for others, our ability to be loving and hopeful and not cynical, our ability to um, live pure in our heart and our mind, uh, if it's causing us to lust or to celebrate violence or to right, any anything that doesn't fall in the Galatians 5.22 list, uh, but instead falls in the Galatians 19 through 21 list, right? So if it's if it isn't uh, fruit of the Spirit, it's fruit of the flesh, we've cut it off, we've gouged out, that's cool, but now I've got this hole in my life, right? Now, those of you who know my story, I gave up gaming 10 years ago uh, because of effectively this. I was unable to healthfully partake in gaming and fully participate in what God was asking me to do. So gaming went away, but then I had this hole, right? So what do we do? All right, the first thing we need to do is we need to find an activity and feed it, right? This is finding and feeding the passions that God has given us. Uh, the first way to do that is we look for those high interest activities. What do we give our hearts and our minds to effortlessly? What do we focus on without needing to be told to do that? Uh, and these can be good things, right? Certainly these can be areas for idols, and we want to be recognizing that. I think it's important to note here that there are those things we give our attention to effortlessly that's the reason they're unhealthy, and these are probably the things we're replacing, right? You're like, well, video games or music or like whatever this thing was, they're just social media. It's effortless. I can do it all the time. So we're not talking about based on effort. We're talking about high interest with the assumption that you've done a reset and you're now looking for things that will point you back to the uh, purpose of the gospel, which is to know God more fully, to uh, give him glory in all that we do, to love him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as ourselves. So that's our high interest. <clears throat> in light of that, then the acceptable content for a, a family framework, right? Under that idea, high interest. Um, this is really important. If I looked at my children, for example, I've got three kiddos, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old, and depending on the activity they're doing, they're going to engage that activity in different ways. This tells me they're wired differently. So they could all enjoy uh, doing a puzzle, but the two-year-old's going to enjoy taking the pieces and seeing how far she can throw them or gnawing on them. Uh, the five-year-old is going to enjoy doing it in probably the most difficult way possible because he just wants to see if he can, and he has no completionist mentality. He can walk away from an incomplete puzzle and be fine. And the seven-year-old will freak out if it's not border first and then left to right and very specific. <laughs> Right, like he's got a way to do things, and there's a right and a wrong way, and the right way is how he does it, and the wrong way is any other way, and that's really important because however they engage in activity is going to show a little bit of them. I need to just make sure the activity is high interest for all of them. There are activities that some of them will enjoy and others will not, uh, and that's important. We find then high interest um, activities that help them express some of their passion, some of their interest. Then we look and make sure that those are going to encourage healthy habits and attitudes. And I referenced this a little bit when I said, hey, it's not just do you enjoy it. It's does it fit the rest of our family tech framework, right? Our tech framework should feed our non-tech activities as well. Does it line up with the content we expect, with the attitudes and themes that we expect? Does it line up with our time use and our priorities and safety, right? Like all of those are really important, our social connections. So I'll give an example. I've got a couple friends who are super into skateboarding. Their kids are into skateboarding, and skateboarding is an amazing opportunity for an analog adventure. However, 
there are locations where skateboarding may not be as positive an activity. In fact, in my area in the Pacific Northwest, there are skate parks that are great and positive and known for having a good reputation for being wholesome locations. And there are skate parks that are exactly the opposite, where you only go when you're looking to purchase drugs, right? Like that is why you would ever go to that skate park, or you're specifically looking to share the gospel with people who are looking for drugs, right? And that's the generally the two groups that go there. Uh, knowing that is important. So make sure you pick and encourage healthy habits and not simply pick an analog adventure and go, well, it's skateboarding, so it's not a video game, therefore it's fine. Like, no, there's there's healthy and unhealthy skateboarding, just like there's healthy and unhealthy sports and healthy and unhealthy academics. The idea is make sure that whatever this replacement activity is doesn't simply become a new idol, a new thing sitting on the, your child's throne of their heart that is now taking their hope and their time and their attention just because it doesn't plug into a wall doesn't mean it's magically good, Right. Keep that in mind. Keep the first things first. The gospel is still our goal. Excuse me. Loving God with all we are and loving our neighbors as ourselves, and recognizing our identity as a child of God now and living out of that identity, not trying to earn it in any way, shape, or form. That brings us to our third then. We're going to make sure that this new activity, so it's going to be high interest, it's going to be healthful, it's going to focus on accomplishing the goal of the gospel, which is to spread the gospel and believe in the gospel, uh, and to it's going to be accessible. That means we're going to have the time for it, we're going to have the money for it, and we're going to have the location and resource for it. Uh, it to break those down a little bit, time for it means uh, we need to make sure that it fits in our time of life and time of day, right? So if I only have 30 minutes a week of discretionary time, fine, right? If that's all the tech I was replacing. If I now have 20 hours a week of free time from gaming or from social media or from hiding in my room alone, uh, great. That Just keep that in mind. How much time do I actually have? How much can we afford? And is there an actual location that can allow us to do this? So if you want to go to space camp, cool. I hope you have a space camp in your area or you can afford to fly to one. If you don't, what else can we do? Can we build a model rocket? Does that work? Can we get a Lego set that looks like a model rocket? Like what version of this interest can we feed and can we be intentional in pursuing? Um, don't pick rock climbing. If you can't go outside or if you don't have any rocks around you or if you don't have any gyms that provide that, uh, it's a cool interest and passion to have, but we need to make sure that these aren't pie in the sky alternatives. When we talk with our kids, we're not simply setting out an unreasonable set of expectations that it's going to crush our family trying to get to this thing. Right. Um, so it needs to be affordable. It needs to be something that fits in our family schedule at this stage of life. Maybe it's something we used to do, but it doesn't work anymore because kids are growing up or we still have littles or this, we just got a new job or whatever. And it needs to be something that's in your area. And I would encourage you to find professionals in your area who, um, or at least experienced mentors who can help with this. So I have a young man who's super into mechanics, his parents know, or mechanical kind of workings. Uh, he's going for his GED and his parents know nothing about cars. So they, found someone in their town who actually is able to pick him up on a part-time job, uh, who's able to have him learn hands-on skills, trades, speak into his life, and kind of figure out, is this something he wants to go into? And it turns out this looks like he is very passionate, interested, and even gifted. This mentor said, hey, listen, like I work with a lot of young people. Like This guy's actually good at what he's doing. And that's a really cool outcome from doing exactly this, finding and feeding those opportunities uh, for our children to expand who they are, what they're passionate about, and really pursue uh, some of how God has wired them. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to work out perfectly all the time, but what it does mean is uh, we've removed some of the unhealthy behaviors, we found high interest, healthful habits, and they are accessible in our time and frame of life, right? All right, so let's talk about, well, what, what exactly does that look like? Let's talk about a few options. Um, 
when we're talking what I would like to call analog adventures, uh, I think there's really five we'll go through today. The first would be sports. So getting your child into a sport, there's a whole body of research about some of the positivity of that. I will say it has been a little overblown in some of the older research. The way it was done just kind of made it look like, man, if your kid's a sport in a sport, they'll be a great human. Uh, the more modern research basically says, here's the benefits. Uh, one, you're going to have to deal with other humans, right? Two, it operates at the pace of real life. Three, most sports demand you be at least in some kind of physical fitness and your body begins to learn how to deal with both physical and emotional stress. Okay. Now, are there kids who are under unhealthy loads of stress because of their sports? Yes. This is where we come back to make sure it's encouraging healthy habits and attitudes. When we talk about the gospel, we have a family framework. We go, all right, does this help me love God? I had a young lady in class who was in three sports in the same season. She was in two select, well, one select, one elite, and one school sport for soccer. Now, this young lady would have panic attacks in the middle of my class uh, that looked like her basically having a small heart attack. Uh, she would, her eyes would get giant, and she would simply put her hand on her chest and like basically quit breathing. And I, <laughs> the first couple times it happened, it really freaked me out. But I didn't want to like embarrass her, so like I finished my sentence, gave the kid something to do, and like made my way over to her seat and was like, "Hey, I uh, couldn't help but notice you looked like you were dying for a minute there." And the first couple times she's like, "No, it was nothing." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that's troublesome." And it happened enough where she's like, "All right, like I have panic attacks." And we started talking this out, and it turned out she's going to almost six hours of practice a day, one before school, two after. Uh, actually, it was for two different sports. Uh, so she was, it was volleyball and soccer. It wasn't all three soccer. Um, but the idea was six hours of practice a day, plus these honors classes she was in. This girl was in eighth grade. Uh, that is not healthy. Just because it's not a video game didn't magically make that okay, right? And it was destroying her, her ability to function in my class, and I would argue in many parts of life, in her friend group, with her family, right? Uh, generally, a 14-year-old doesn't put themselves under that kind of pressure unless they believe their identity is coming from something. So why do I bring that up? Sport is not magic. It isn't Jesus. It's not going to give them identity and purpose, but it can be a great way to work with others, get healthy, learn what healthy competition is. Frankly, learn what unhealthy competition looks like and why God's not okay with that. When we pray before a game, we don't pray God help us win, right? Both sides pray that. What is God picking favorites today? So the idea behind the sport isn't even winning. Jesus doesn't care if you win or lose that game. In fact, he might want you to lose. So you would have to learn to trust him with your identity. Uh, the idea here instead is it's a great way to see how God's made our body. If you get interested in sports and start learning some sports science and start learning about all of the crazy stuff that goes on to make your body good at what it does, how the mitochondria power your ability to move, how your muscles pull and create leverage, like all of the science and the facts behind what your body does in order to enjoy a sport is amazing. And the further in we get, the more amazed we will be. So find a sport. Maybe it is outside and hiking and camping. Maybe it is basketball, baseball, soccer. Maybe it's something like jujitsu, karate. Maybe it's mountain climbing, mountain biking, skiing, whatever it is. I'd be remiss to leave out wrestling, of course. Always an option. But whatever that sport is, the point isn't be great at the sport. The point is try something new, learn the hard way, realize that being great at something doesn't make you great and being bad at something doesn't make you bad. Instead, these are things we can grow and learn from, and that's the goal of sport. 
Parents, if you can't handle that, that's an area for you to repent and learn from because, frankly, pushing our kids to be great at sports because we wish we were great at them is wrong, sinful, and Jesus asks us to repent. We raise our kids up in the way we should go. Repentance is part of that. Second thing we can do, if it's not sport, another great analog adventure, another great replacement activity for tech is art. We're talking art, visual art, take pictures, make videos. Uh, An example of that would be you can use a phone for taking pictures or an an iPod uh, can do that. Um, You can do, for videos, you can get a 90-day trial of Final Cut Pro. It's a professional-grade video uh, production piece, and your kid can tinker with that and see, is this something interested? It is not cheap to buy the real version, but it's a worthwhile investment if your kid actually expresses themselves through that medium and wants to grow at that, or if you just have a Mac and you can use iMovie, that's cool too. Um, you can, and the reason that's okay is that's tool tech, right? So that's, that's the neat part. Again, they're using it on a public device in a public space and they're not multitasking with their social media, right? They're staying healthful and how they do that. Uh, drawing and coloring. If you got even little kids, art hub, uh, for kids on YouTube is a great resource. They make really positive, fun, uh, drawing and coloring lessons that are great for kids to try. And if your kid is into video games, a great tool tech way to engage video games is to create them. So uh, Builder or BuildBox is a great entry level one, but even like the top of the line game design programs are free to, to pick up and use. I'll have some links below, but you can go use the Unity engine, the Unreal engine, and you can make games using that. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but it is an option, and your child can actually find, do they simply enjoy consuming video games, or do they actually like making them? There's a ton of space for great video game development with people who have great stories and ideas, uh, rather than simply something to sell to people and try to steal people's focus and attention. A lot of modern games and a lot of the great ones uh, have some really unhealthy design aspects to them. So let's go make great games. Your child can do that. That is definitely considered art. It will not operate faster than the pace of their brain in making it. Uh, And you can talk through when they make a game, hey, what are the themes here? What are the, what's the point of this? Is it just fun? Is it addictive in that you've designed it to steal people's attention and focus? Or is it simply enjoyable? right? Like any other sport or game. Uh, speaking of games, analog adventure games would include board games because they move at the pace of real life. There's lots of them. Oh man, there, I could nerd out on this on a whole episode. In fact, I have previously, you can, you can go find that podcast, but uh, there's giant categories, again, focusing on what gets your kid fired up and excited. You can look at games like Ticket to Ride, which is a great family game, Games like Wingspan, which, if you're a bird nerd, is an amazing game. Uh, It's also a strategy game, which has lots of ways to win. Uh, Games like Blockus and Hive are kind of those abstract, more mathematical games. Uh, And games like Battletech is a favorite of my children, uh, where you're just giant robots and you just want to go punch stuff. Uh, Those are all games, again, that need to fit under your family's expectations, inside your family framework, uh, for what does it look like to apply the gospel. There are certainly games that will not be healthful and that you will see unhealthy trends in. There will be games that can include content you're not comfortable with, or even just imagery. The game's fine, but the art they decided to have go with the game is not something you want to see. That's fine. Have those conversations. Again, there's a game for everyone, and they're going to like them for different reasons. Fourth option, books. Nonfiction is a great spot to start. Two resources for picking good books. Honey for a Child's Heart uh, is a wonderful book of just by age, uh, and I believe there's even subcategories under age, to choose reading uh, books to do with your children for your children to try on their own. 
it goes up through age 12, I believe, is the, uh, where that book goes. And then it's just kind of 12 plus after that. Uh, Read Aloud Revival is an awesome option as well for doing with your children, uh, reading aloud, getting that shared experience, having them develop vocabulary from hearing you read and having them also develop just the closeness that comes from having to be quiet and be next to each other and enjoy a good story. Uh, obviously, oh, well, maybe it's not obvious, reading audiobook or listening to audiobooks can be a great option. I would encourage that in tandem with reading aloud and reading on our own. Audiobooks certainly help us hear words, but there's something really cool and it's very unique in our culture today uh, to be able to have that closeness of reading together. Uh, There's not a lot of things we do. Even family meals are not that consistent in our culture. And getting that specific time where we have to slow down, where we have to be together is really powerful. So please do think about uh, those two resources. And the fifth option would be simply to make something. Uh, Create some with your hands. God made you uh, with a heart and a mind that is always creating but we don't often recognize it. And intentionally creating, whether we're going to bake it or carve it or forge it, if we're going to sand it, paint it, turn it, the idea of we're going to get messy, we're going to make mistakes. Thank you again, uh, Mrs. Frizzle. Uh, But the idea is to get out there and and try to make something, right? Look at the world around you. Look at what God has made and said is good and replicate some of the joy of that, but also replicate um, some of the struggle of that. Uh, Art and creating can be an amazing way to try to express and communicate what is good in the world around us, but also what we struggle with. So uh, that there is this beautiful opportunity, I guess, to express ourselves in making and in art. So that'd be my encouragement. So in reflection on this, um, what do we do instead with our unhealthy tech? Well, first we need to recognize if our tech is healthy, we take a reset. Then we can build in some safety and accountability. And finally, replace the unhealthy tech with uh, interests, passions, gifts that God has given us, right? We find those, we feed them. They need to be high interest. They need to be encouraging and still line up with our family framework expectations. And they need to be accessible to our family in this season. Not just a good intention that we should do, but something we actually can start, and it can start small. It can be as small as a local YMCA or school sport. It can be as small as an online art project or opportunity, or even designing a game, maybe designing a game together. It could be playing a game, like a board game. You can go to boardgamegeek.com. I don't remember if I referenced that before, but great one. You can read a book together. And those two great resources we talked about, Honey for a Child's Heart and Read Aloud Revival, and you can make something anything. It could be a model. It could be (laughs) whatever it would be. It could be for profit or for fun. Uh, Starting a business could be something you could make. But the idea of all of this is we're not just replacing the time. We're reorienting our heart. Uh, Wow. We are reorienting our hearts. So let me say that again. We're not just replacing the time that we used to spend on unhealthy tech with something else. We are reorienting our hearts so that our new activities will help us celebrate more of who God is. I will, I will explain it this way, I guess. You can participate in just about any activity that is moral, that passes the Philippians 4.8 and Galatians 5.22 test, and you could give God glory in the process. Um, so that could be reading a book, doing a job, painting a picture, sculpting something, making a game, making a movie, right? Connecting with individuals across a range of opportunities, playing a sport. You can do these things to God's glory because you're going to do it with your focus. You're going to have opportunities to repent when your heart gets off base. Uh, To think that the only thing you can do to God's glory would be to maybe read the Bible or to sing a song actually is 
dangerous because we can actually do those things to our glory. We can say, man, I'm a good person today because I got my quiet time in, right? Check that box. I feel great. Or, oh man, I feel good today because I spent X amount of time doing this good thing or I helped those people over there and that makes me feel good. Whereas what makes us feel good should be the reality that our hearts are made new in Christ, right? What makes us feel good is we know that we're not earning our salvation and we're not have to please God so that he loves us. We please him because he does love us. And in Christ, we are, all he sees when he looks at us is Christ, right? We are heirs of God now. That is huge. Out of that now, I can love because it's not about how much brokenness I've experienced or caused. It's about God's love for me and that God loves those other people we're sharing enough to say, hey, that thing is bad for you. Come to me when you're weary. Don't run to that thing. So the point of this conversation today isn't find these five things and your kid will be fine. Just take their smartphone, throw a board game, right? Take their computer, give them a book. They'll be fine. Like Hitler had lots of books, folks. In fact, he wrote one. It's not great. Uh, We want to remember then. I say that flippantly, but like, let's think about this in reality. Evil people have existed for a long time. Tech didn't make us evil, but it leverages our desire to be evil. And when our hearts are set on destruction, when they're set on hurting others, the, all the information we gain makes us more powerful to the ends we want. And that isn't true with the internet. That's true with books. That's true with just about anything. So when we look at what do we do with our unhealthy tech, we remove the unhealthy, we replace it with healthful tech. And that's tech that makes more of God and celebrates and Um, I guess just falls more in love with who he is and what he's made and who he's made us to be and what he asks us to do, to have, and to be in Christ, right? I'm called to be a child of God, which means I'm called called to to be a child of God. I'm called to tell others about his love and they're called to be children of God, that if they repent, they can have this. And he's called us to have assurance of our salvation and have the Holy Spirit, to recognize that's a gift we are given actively right now, Uh, that that means we are sealed for salvation, but we're also equipped for good works we're called to do in this life. Uh, And that is a major deal, that we have become individual temples that God indwells and then works through. Uh, And I think that that's a huge deal. All of these activities need to do that. They need to remind us of our need, of our resource, and of our purpose. And whatever you can find that helps you do that, add it to your life. Whatever distracts you from that, remove it, please. Uh, And I hope that this opportunity is at least to help you reflect on doing that, how you can do that with your family. So your challenge for this week is to go through, let's take an assessment of your healthy tech, right? Let's do a reset. Look at those relationships, responsibilities. Look at that, your enjoyment, your sleep, your emotions, your time. Look at what you've removed then that is unhealthy and say, hey, is there a way we can find a healthy, amazing analog adventure and feed that as a family? It's something that's high interest, something that's encouraging, something that's accessible. And can we do that uh, with the intention of better loving God and using tech, right? Not of simply trying to fix all the problems around us, but truly focusing on what is best, not avoiding the bad, but aiming towards the good. Um, I hope that this encur- this was encouraging to you. If it was, would you think about sharing it with somebody on social media or in person? Would you make sure you've liked and subscribed so that you get all of our new content sent directly to your phone or listening device? Uh, and also, it helps other people find us. And would you join us next week as we continue these conversations about how we can love God and use tech?
Thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a minute to let you know that just like you and your family, Purposely is also part of a family, the Krista Family of Ministries. Krista helps kids and teens learn and grow in their faith at King Schools and Miracle Ranch Camp. And Krista shares Jesus with people in the poorest, most remote places through World Concern. Krista Senior Living is a community of love and care, and Krista Media is a place of hope on the radio. God is changing lives through these five ministries, and Krista is on mission to share the good news of Jesus. To learn more, visit krista.org.